one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. We like that. You like that. That is a career ender. Just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and welcome to the program. This is a great day because it is a day which the Lord has made. I'm Rick Benson. With me is Zach Barletta, and this is the Beyond the Game program. Honored to have you with us this morning as we go through the hour giving you sports talk without the trash talk. Coming up on today's program, we'll talk with Bill Houston of Our Daily Bread Ministries. If you're a believer, and really even if you're not, you are, there's probably a good chance that you're familiar with those little monthly devotional booklets that those folks put out. Mm -hmm. Bill's been with Our Daily Bread since the time they used to be known as Radio Bible Class. I don't know if you remember that, Zach, but they used to be known as that. And he's been only, he's uh, been a producer for their radio ministry for a good many years. He's going to join us a little later on. He's now heading up their Power Up Sports Ministry conferences. But for now is, is what happened at Yankee Stadium finally enough? What happened earlier this week, finally enough to get Major League Baseball to require additional netting at ballparks? Oh, I hope so. I never want to see that again. Good night. If you were watching that game as I was between the Yankees and the Twins earlier this week, then you didn't need to see the little girl who got hit by that foul ball. I've heard of 105 miles an hour line drive off the bat of Todd Frazier. Jeez. All you needed to see, and I tweeted out a video that didn't show the girl getting hit, it was just the players' reactions. Mm-hmm. And you could tell. I've never seen a reaction like that. This this was watery eyes. This was, was tears. This was, you know, people thinking about their own kids perhaps. Mm-hmm. This was a lengthy delay of the game. This was quite a while as the camera panned around and showed the different players. Uh, something tells me there's something different about it this time around where mm-hmm. this is going to get a bit of response. But there is... There's no good reason to not have additional netting. None. Mm. There is not one good reason. And give me a break if you're that fan that, you know, just says, well, you need to pay attention. There is no way that you can pay attention for the entire two and a half, three, three and a half hours of a ball game. And I realize yeah. in baseball, you know, you're not, it's not every minute of action. You got to be paying attention when, when the pitch is made. But even so. Anything can be a distraction. Your mm-hmm. name being called, a phone call, a spilled drink, a dropped hot dog. Uh, and if you're with a child, oh, add to that a hundred times the oh, things absolutely. that can be a distraction. And if you think that the other reason is, is that I hear a lot is, well, it obstructs your view, that's a load of nonsense. It, it doesn't. It really, it, you get, if your eye is so sensitive that it picks that up, I, I have a hard time believing that because yeah. you get used to it very quickly. Well, some of the most expensive seats in any ballpark are right behind home plate where you're looking through the net. People pay premium prices to sit behind a net every game. Sit, putting nets around the cheap seats doesn't seem like it should affect anybody in any way at all. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. I just I'm not buying that if you say it obstructs your view because I just I don't believe that. I'm hoping this really promotes a change. Something has to be done about it. And in I my so. opinion, 
You know, to not do something, Zach, seems terrifically irresponsible to me. Yeah, and I read today very quietly, like twenty of the major league teams have already extended their netting. The Yankees are actually in the minority as far as teams that have not yet done so. I don't know what they'd be waiting for, but as long as we're talking about the Yankees, and we talked about it since the early part of the season, Zach, we anticipated a great divisional race between the Yankees and the Red Sox, and we've gotten that. The home field is for the wild card game is pretty much sewn up at this time. The Yankees are in full control of that. They've been playing well, but if you're scoreboard watching, as well as the Yankees have been playing, the Red Sox have been playing equally as well. In Mm -hmm. fact, it's sort of you know, frustrating because the Yankees will have had won their ball game or are winning their ball game, and you look up at the scoreboard and the Red Sox are losing, losing perhaps even by a large margin. The next thing you know, you find out that the Red Sox won. They came from behind. So Red Sox are playing well. Yankees are playing well, other than the Cleveland Indians who are playing as well as anybody possibly could play and looking like a true title contender. The Yankees have it all going. Their Mm -hmm. pitching, for the most part, has been good. A couple of hiccups here and there. But the offense is clicking on all cylinders, man. It Mm -hmm. is just going. And if you're a Yankees fan, you have to like Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez batting next to each other in the lineup. Yeah, Obviously, opposing pitchers don't like it very much. Yeah, Pick your poison. What are you going to do? And then there's Didi Gregorius. (laughs) Earlier this week, while Judge was setting a record for home runs by a rookie, a Yankees rookie, Didi Gregorius is setting a record for most home runs by a Yankee shortstop. That doesn't even seem possible. Dare we say Gregorius, the best to ever play the position for the pinstripes? Ooh. You're uh, obviously not. Now. Perhaps that's a bit of an overstatement. But how, how can you not like the way he's playing? I, I, replacing a legend in Derek Jeter. It's hard to find a flaw in his game. Much like Tino Martinez when he replaced Don Mattingly, they've played so well that though you can't expect a legend to replace a legend. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't expect these guys to be legendary, but they've played good enough where you're sort of not worrying about it. They're just mm-hmm. doing, especially in the Bronx, where legends are bigger than life. Yankees, mm-hmm. Yankee fans, they love their legends. So replacing them. But what I love about Gregorius is not – not only has he played great in the field, and that arm, he has got a great arm. Mm-hmm. He makes some of those Jeter-esque plays deep in the hole where he comes up jumping and throwing at the same time. It, but the bat, who would have ever expected this when mm-hmm. Cashman just took it to the Diamondbacks in that trade? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, good night. The Yankees have done so well. Beyond all that, though, He's so much fun to watch. The cameras find him in the dugout because he seems to often be smiling. He's having fun. He's, he's, and, and that is so infectious that it, the rest of the team is relaxed Mm -hmm. and they're having fun in the dugout away from, in addition to the game, away from the play on the field. They're having fun being part of whenever someone brings joy to what they do, whether it's playing baseball, delivering packages or or waiting on customers, joy is noticeable. Mm -hmm. Happiness is noticeable. It makes you wonder what happened in that person's day. Why are you so happy? What happened in your day? And even if you see that consistently in the same person over and over, you begin to wonder what's going on in that person's life that makes them that way. Joy shows a life which has been impacted 
for the better. When a person's life has been changed by God and, and they've been set free from the guilt and the burden of their sins, it's as if they've been given a new heart. In fact, this is Ezekiel 36, verses, uh, verse 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. It's good fruit. That's what joy is. Part of the list given in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Joy is the second one there, right behind love. I don't know that they're given in any significant order, but joy, joy is in that list. And of all people, of all people, Christians have so much to be thankful for. Knowing that because of sin, we're, we're, we're sentenced to an eternity in hell. But yet, because of forgiveness of sins that comes with a belief in Jesus, we can escape hell and we can enjoy eternity in heaven with God. That ought to bring joy. That does bring joy. The kind of joy that, while we can have a bad day now and again, we all do, it's the type of joy that should be noticeable. People will recognize the joy in our lives the way they recognize how much fun Didi Gregorius is having playing mm. baseball. And not only will they notice it, but it'll cause them to wonder what's impacted your life in, in such a way. And you can tell them, well, Christ. So how about it? Do you have that joy? And if you're a believer, are you resting in that joy and displaying it for the world to see? It's a result of the gospel message. That's what it is. What is the gospel message? Well, that's simple. Jesus gave his life on the cross to pay for your sins so that if you would repent and believe, you can be forgiven. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned. All have come short of the glory of the God. And if you think that's not you, well, you know, the Bible also says in 1 John 1.8 that if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Romans 6.23 points out the hope. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a consequence. There, There is a downside to not seeking God's forgiveness. And the Bible says it's spending eternity in hell. But God gave us all this choice. People can accept his plan of salvation, which is repenting and seeking forgiveness, or they can try and do it on their own. He's not waiting for you to be good and then accepting you. He died on the cross while you already were knee-deep in sin. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus did the hard part. He loved you enough to die for you. The famous verse Tim Tebow wears on his eye black, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If we confess our sins, the Bible says in 1 John 1.9, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you. And he wants for you to call on him. Last verse before we go to our first break. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. What's your heart believing in this morning? The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want to be saved from your sins, ask God to forgive you. Pray to God and tell him that you know you're a sinner. 
Tell him you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. Admit your guilt, seek his forgiveness, and begin a new journey. Instead of fighting God's authority, seek after righteousness. Repent from sins. That's what that means, desiring to grow closer to God. If you're hearing our show for the first time, we welcome you in. We want you to know that you can find out more about this radio ministry at our website, btgprogram.com. Got a nice note from a listener in Piketon, Piketon, I suppose that is, Ohio, who recently found and enjoyed the program. He had actually found the video, Zach, that we had put up on Facebook of the Carlos Garcia, the PBR interview. So he found that. I guess he was searching for PBR, came across our video, watched it checked out the podcast of the entire broadcast and sent us a note. So you can find us on social media at BTG Program. Stick around. In addition to our conversation with Bill Houston, we have shenanigans. You like that? Along with the finest producer in all of faith-based sports <laughs> talk radio, that being, of course, Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, MythsAndMysteriesPod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, mixing sports with faith. The Beyond the Game program is recorded in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. You can find us at btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. We're certainly glad to have you with us wherever it is that you may be and from wherever it is that you may be listening from. Perhaps you've downloaded the program as a podcast and a good number of people from around the world do that each and every week. You can find our podcast at our website, btgprogram.com, or by searching iTunes or Google Play. That's what listeners in Cortis, Ontario, have done this past week. Cortis, situated just about 40 miles or so east of Toronto. It was the home, or maybe it is still the home, I don't know, of Wayne Cashman. Played with Bobby Orr for the local Oshawa Generals in the OHL during the mid-60s. A remarkably lengthy NHL career after a couple of minor league seasons, Cashman joined Orr with the Boston Bruins in 1969 and stayed with that team until his retirement in 1983. Wow. He was captain of the team from 78 until his retirement in 83. In fact, according to Wikipedia, so it has to be true, <laughs> after the Bruins were eliminated from the playoffs, Cashman announced his retirement becoming the last active player 
from the NHL's original six era. He outlasted, just outlasted Serge Savar, whose team was eliminated just a few rounds earlier in the playoffs. <laughs> Same year, but technically Cashman was later. Thanks for listening, Ontario, and thank you wherever you may be. It's time to turn it over to Zach for this week's shenanigan statements. All right. New York Giants head coach Ben McAdoo blamed quarterback Eli Manning for the Giants' offensive failure this week against Detroit. Truth or shenanigans, Eli is the root of the Giants' offensive ineptitude so far this season. And that guy doesn't seem to have a clue as whose fault it was. He started out post-game by saying all the blame was on him, that he's fully responsible, that this was his thing. But then somewhere along the line, he decided to, to blame Eli. I say shenanigans because I don't know what Eli's supposed to do when the, with an offensive line that is, is as poorly as it's been playing. Now, let's be honest, Eli wasn't good. How you take yet another delay a game penalty. But then again, I see other coaches running down the sidelines calling timeout when the clock is about to expire. Where was McAdoo? You know, this offense, this is nothing new. This has been, they've been struggling since halfway through last season. They got to get something figured out, but I, I can't put it all on Eli, although he has some responsibility there. I say shenanigans as well. Um, look, Eli's not great. I think we all know that. Um, I think he shares some of the responsibility, of course, and, and McAdoo shares some of the responsibility as well, but also, you know, you gotta look up even higher at the general manager's office. The guy who has not put a good offensive line on the field built a team that has no running game. So I think it's, it's a, a shared responsibility. You know, you, you gotta have a better offensive line. You gotta be better as a quarterback. You gotta be better as a coach. So I think the blame can be passed around there. We poked fun at the Bengals last week for their shutout loss against Baltimore, but then they followed it up with an ugly 13-9 Thursday night loss to the Texans. Two weeks into the season, the Bengals haven't scored a touchdown yet, <laughs> have fired their offensive coordinator, and are in last place in the AFC North behind even the Browns, who oh, are mess. also 0-2 but have outscored Cincinnati 28-9. Truth or shenanigans, the Bengals will stay in last place for the rest of the season. They are a mess. But shenanigans, they are in the same division as the Browns, so there is some hope. And I can't explain why Marvin Lewis is still the head coach there. You got me. I mean, it sure looks like the Bengals have missed their window of opportunity because they were pretty solid in playoff losses to the Steelers and really like a good football team. But it seems like they are regressing. And as many bad character guys as he's brought in there who have ended up getting arrested and and the the play of this team, but yet it's the offensive coordinator who gets canned. It must be some form of job security that Marvin Lewis has. He must have compromising pictures of somebody in the front office <laughs> or something. And, excuse me. There's still too much talent on this roster for them to finish in last place. Although I'll tell you what, they and the Browns seem to be going in opposite directions. So if mm-hmm. it's not a last place finish this year, it could very well be one next year. As a Buffalo Bills fan, this scenario is very familiar to me because we lived through it just a year ago where you have a, t- a roster that's much more talented than their record shows. You get off to a bad start, fire your coordinator two games into the season. The way that it ended for the Bills was another down season and their head coach being fired. So I think that's probably the way the Bengals are going as well. Like you said, Marvin Lewis has been an awful uh, head coach there. They haven't won a playoff game since the 90s. Um, he continues to bring in these bad character guys. And if you're the Patriots and you bring in bad character guys and they become good character guys under your watch, you can do this sort of thing. But Marvin Lewis brings these guys in, like Vontaze Perfect, for example, and Pac-Man Jones. They continue to misbehave. 
continue to get in trouble and he continues to stick up for them for some reason. So uh, I, I think you're going to see Marvin Lewis be out of a job very soon and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. This week, the all-time record for most total home runs hit in a major league season was broken when the most unlikely suspect, the Royals' Alex Gordon, hit the 5,694th dinger of 2017. While it's surprising that the steroid era no longer holds the home run record, nobody seems to be talking about the supposedly juiced baseball anymore. Truth or shenanigans, even though more homers are being hit now than in the steroid era, fans don't care about the juiced ball like they did about PEDs. I agree, they don't care. You know, it's not just a juice ball. There's so much science involved in the swings today that Mm -hmm. teams are soon going to require a Ph.D. in science to get a job as a hitting coach. Hitters are looking to to launch angles. They're swinging away through the entire bat, resulting in more balls leaving the yard and doing so at amazing speeds. They don't care about the strikeouts. They're willing to take the strikeouts in exchange for the home runs. So when a hitter is not shortening his swing— not trying to slap it away with the location of the pitch when he gets two strikeouts or gets, excuse me, two strikes on him. They're just swinging for the fences on strike one, strike two, strike three. So obviously there's going to be more leaving the yard. I agree. And I think that one of the big differences as far as people's opinions of the juice ball versus steroids is that people looked at steroids as an individual thing where this particular player is taking them and this particular player is not where with the juice ball it's more of a playing field thing it's the same for everybody so it's not as big of a deal i i you know people are still saying that if john carlos stanton had 62 home runs he'll be the new actual home run king but he deserves as much of an asterisk as anybody in this age of the juice baseball i think yeah but again it's not just the juice baseball these guys don't care about strikeouts i'm interested to know i don't have it in front of me but Strikeouts are up too, are they not? They are, yes. It's just the environment as a whole, I think. Yeah, so I I don't want to put too much on the juiced baseball, though that has something to do with it. Last but not least, the NHL expansion Vegas Golden Knights crushed the Vancouver Canucks 9-4 in their first preseason game, which featured mostly prospects and AHLers. Truth or shenanigans, the Golden Knights could be surprisingly good right away in 2017. Didn't we talk about this on the show, or maybe this was an offline conversation you and I had? I think we did. The way the leagues do their expansion drafts really allow teams to be competitive right out of the gate. What really is the trick then is to see if they can maintain that competitive edge and stay competitive in in the years ahead. You know, I I think the the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be competitive, but I think this particular game, if we're looking at this, this was just a amped up guys a season open or the mm-hmm. the expansion or their, their very first game of existence i give this more up to high emotion and guys flying all over the place yeah they got uh the guy's name is escaping me now but they got three or four goals in this game out of an undrafted free agent rookie you know that's not going to happen in a real nhl right. game so um they're not we're not going to see nine goals a game from them i think they'll be okay i don't think they'll be the new york jets of hockey but um i don't think they'll be very good Right, That's but you answer. remember when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were an expansion team, they didn't win a football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the case anymore with expansion teams. They're built to compete. That'll do it for shenanigans. Come back after the break. We got Bill Houston from Our Daily Bread Ministries. He's the director of Power Up Sports Conferences. He's coming up right after the break. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Time now for the Red Hawks report for this week, September 23rd, 2017. 
The Red Hawks Report is brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The men's soccer team were winners of two straight on the road this week after beating the University of Bridgeport last Saturday 4-zip. The men then followed that up with a 2-1 win over Chestnut Hill College on Wednesday. The struggles, though, continued for the Roberts Wesleyan women's volleyball team. They fell to 0-14 with consecutive straight-set losses to the three schools which they faced while at the Urbana Invite last weekend. However, now with the early season tournaments behind them, the Red Hawks will be looking to break into the win column as they head into the rest of the regular season, starting with four straight home games this week. And the Red Hawks women's soccer team also struggled on the road this past week, being shut out twice. The first time last Saturday, one zip at the University of Bridgeport, and then again on Wednesday at Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania, 4 to nothing. In other action, the Roberts Wesleyan men's golf team opened their season with a second-place finish at the Red Hawks Invitational, shooting a 39 over par throughout the two-day tournament. Junior Alec Kunzweiler placed second overall in the individual category with a two-day four-over par total of 148. In tennis, the Red Hawks women improved to 4-1, a 7-2 victory over Damon College on Tuesday. And here's some chances to catch the Red Hawks athletics teams at home this week. The women's volleyball team will be hosting Damien College this Wednesday night. That's September 27th at 7 p.m. They'll follow that up with an 11 a.m. match next Saturday the 30th against Pace University. The women's soccer team will be home later today, September 23rd, to host Malloy College. Match time is 1 p.m. They'll be home again next Wednesday the 27th, hosting Gannon University at 5 p.m. The men will also host Malloy later today at 3.30. That'll be immediately following the ladies. They'll also follow the women again next Wednesday, the 27th, hosting the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. Start time for that match is 7 p.m. So there's a couple of soccer doubleheaders, which include both the men and women, so a great chance to get out and support the Red Hawks. The men's tennis team will host the U of R this Thursday at 4 p.m., while the ladies will play host to the University of the District of Columbia next Saturday, the 30th. That's at 10 a.m. For more information on Roberts Wesleyan Athletics, including scores, highlights, and more, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com. That's robertsredhawks.com. And you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. The Redhawks Report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Glad to have you along. Bill Houston is a longtime radio guy. He's a producer with Our Daily Bread Ministries. Bill's also the director of Power Up Sports Ministries, which is part of Our Daily Bread. Bill Houston joins us now on the BTG studio line. Bill, thanks so much for being part of the show. Oh, Rick, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Bill, I think for most people, the first thing they think about when they think about Our Daily Bread is those fabulous little monthly devotional booklets. <laughs> but what is Power Up all about? Well, Power Up, uh, the name Power Up came from also a, a devotional, a sports uh, devotional that uh, we were printing for years. It was written by athletes and for uh, for those who do sports ministry, chaplains and character coaches and the like. And uh, so the name Power Up was something that we had uh, been using for years. And so when uh, this whole sports ministry aspect came along in terms of reaching into the lives of those who do sports ministry, uh, Power Up was sitting there. They said, you know what, this is a great name for that. Uh, we already own the rights to it, uh, but it really fits uh, what we're trying to do with these one-day conferences. So 
Power Up was the name that was developed. It, it came, Rick, from an effort that I was doing kind of on my own for, oh my goodness, some 16 years or so, where uh, you know these one-day conferences were something we were doing here in the Great Lakes region and also down in Indianapolis. And uh, I had kind of fallen into sports ministry uh, with the Arena Football League when we had a franchise come to our area. Uh, I began doing sports ministry as their team chaplain, had no clue what I was doing, uh, and still learning so very much about this work. Uh, but I began pulling together sports chaplains and sports ministry folks uh, for these one-day conferences so we could learn from one another. And then Our Daily Bread brought the, uh, brought the ministry effort uh, on board as an official part of what we're doing a couple of years ago, and so the name Power Up. Uh, was given to that effort. Now, you've been with Our Daily Bread for quite a while now, haven't you? Yeah, 23 years. When uh, it, this month, as a matter of fact. Oh, well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. <laughs> when, when and how did you first get involved in the ministry? Well, I was working for a Bible conference, Rick, uh, back east in the state of Maryland that uh, also produced a daily 15-minute radio program. It was called Morning Cheer. And it was from Sandy Cove Bible Conference down in the northeastern part of the state of Maryland. And I was the host and producer. And, uh, you know, you do everything uh, to pull that program together. And it was so fun. And I learned so much. Uh, but the handwriting was kind of on the wall. They had been on the air for over 30 years. And they were moving in some different directions. The radio ministry uh, was something that was probably going to be put on the shelf. And so I just sent resumes out uh, all over the country. And at that time, this ministry was known as Radio Bible Class. And uh, I sent them a resume. They were looking for a producer. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. And I came on board uh, in August of 1990, well, September officially. I started of 1994. And uh, my family and I have been so very blessed to be part of uh, what's going on here. A number of our listeners, Bill, are, of course, familiar with Sports Spectrum. They may not know, though, that it was once part of Our Daily Bread Ministries. And you were co-host of that weekly radio program along with Frank Jardina. What was your favorite part of doing faith-based sports radio? Oh, wow. Wow. We we could be here for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think the favorite part, Rick, was hearing athletes talk about something other than sports. That's going to sound a little strange coming from a guy who loves sports like yourself. But uh, to hear these men and women who are, uh, you know, top-notch athletes, they have been blessed by the Lord with some gifts and abilities that that we all admire, we all enjoy. Uh, We watch the standings, we watch the statistics. But to hear them talk about life, uh, you know, from growing up and how they came to faith uh, in Jesus Christ and, and why their faith was important to them. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, to hear these stories and to hear how faith was now uh, just an integral part of what they were doing as a pro athlete, uh, it, it meant a lot. It, it was a story that you usually don't hear a lot about. So to hear them talk about that and why it was important, uh, what it meant to their family, uh, you know, why pro sports and faith really do uh, have a part together and they can run parallel. I, I mean, to hear those stories, Rick, was uh, it was amazing. I, I never grew tired of it. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why we started doing this program here. Mm-hmm. Are th- of those stories, is there one in particular that you would think is a favorite of yours? Mm, wow. A, 
again, we could we could tell a lot. <laughs> the one that sticks out to me, and, and maybe it's because I'm such a Baltimore Orioles fan, I, I love the O's, uh, but I remember we had uh, Scott McGregor on, a lefty pitcher for them for many years. Sure. And we had Scott on many times, and, and Scott just loves the Lord, great guy, and uh, ministry is what he's all about. But I remember him telling us in an interview that, uh, you know, you go out to the mound, and, and obviously your goal is to give the ball club a good outing. You you want to throw a, a complete game if you can, uh, but you want to give them a quality start at, at the very least. But he said that became such a pressure point for me that uh, when I began to realize that, you know what, whether I throw three innings or I throw a complete game, my family still loves me, my wife loves me, I have a mission in life, and most of all, Jesus loves me. And that doesn't change whether I, I you know, I, I go and I only get a couple of innings in and I get clobbered or I throw a complete game or I throw a no-hitter. It doesn't matter. Jesus' love for me is the same. That never changes. And my mission for him, that never changes. And, uh, boy, that meant a lot to me. I, I, I heard that. And you know what? We can all take something from that. Uh, it, you know, we, we're going to have ups and downs and, and struggles in life. But you know what? The love of God never changes. And what he has for us to do while on this earth, that never changes. And uh, God is at work. And we can trust him in that. And I think that's what Scott was saying. And I've just never forgotten that. Yeah, well said. We're talking with Bill Houston here on the Beyond the Game program. Bill is a radio producer with Our Daily Bread, and he is director of the Power Up Sports Ministry. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BHouston1958. You mentioned earlier that these uh, Power Up conferences – you got a couple more coming up in the next month or two uh, geared towards sports ministry guys, team chaplains. But can you be a little more specific? Tell us what will happen during that day for these guys. Well, it's a fast uh, six-hour period. It begins at 9 in the morning. We conclude by 3 in the afternoon. And, and we do that, Rick, because we kind of reach out to a four-hour radius of, of where that event is being held. Now, we do have people who come in from different uh, venues, you know, around the country, such as yourself. You're coming to Grand Rapids. That's a bit more than four hours away for you. But, but by and large, we try to wrap the day up by three o'clock or so. That way, most of the men and women they are home for dinner, uh, if at all possible. But, the, but the, uh, the the object of the day, the focus of the day, is to reach into the lives of these men and women who serve in sports ministry, and a lot of them, Rick. They don't have the the well-qualified, the well-oiled machine like Baseball Chapel, or they don't have Hockey Ministries International behind them. A lot of them are men and women, uh, lay leaders, actually, from their churches, and, and the Lord has opened up a door of sports ministry, whether it be at the high school level, whether it be in peewee football, whether it be at the local college, or even a pro team. The Lord has opened a door for them. And this day gives them an opportunity to come together with others who are serving in sports ministry. They can network together. They can ask questions. They can pray together. They can, you know, browse resources that we have available for them that they can use in their ministry efforts. And then they hear from some great speakers. This year, Mark Mitchell is our keynote speaker. Mark is the chaplain with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we also will be hearing uh, from Isaiah Mead at Virginia Tech. He serves in sports ministry there. And also Dave Hudson from Indiana University will be speaking. Dave Giddings, another chaplain at Virginia Tech. And uh, j- just a whole host of different speakers who will be joining us. 
it's an opportunity, Rick, for them to come together with others who are doing sports ministry to receive some training, receive some resources, receive some encouragement and some great fellowship, and hopefully leave the day, well, powered up uh, for the ministry, the effort that God has for them. I know you're trusting God to lead according to his will. I know that. But what would you like to see him do through Power Up Sports Ministry? Hmm. I I would love to see the Lord uh, open up other doors for us to do these one-day conferences around the country. Currently, we're doing four of these each year, uh, and that's a lot of work. It really is. Uh, For anyone who's put together a conference uh, or, you know, a day at their church, you know, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of folks to contact to contact, but boy, is it a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity to reach into the lives of those doing sports ministry. So what I would like to see, I would love to see the Lord just encourage these people to help them know that as they leave that day, there there are other people there who want to pray for them, who want to embrace them and help them when they come upon times of struggle. There are resources available that they can use uh, in their sports ministry effort. By uh, the bottom line here, Rick, I want them to know that they're not alone in what they're doing. Yes, they know the Lord Jesus Christ, as we talked about earlier, is is by their side, upholding them by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're doing the work that God has called them to do. But I want them to know that there are others out there who want to stand alongside and pray with them to be there for them. And uh, if they can leave that, you know, if they can leave at the end of the day knowing that, uh, I think that we have, uh, you know, we can put a stamp, you know, mission accomplished uh, for what God has called us to do in the Power Up effort. Bill, we got to take a break, but there is much more that I'd like to talk about. Are you able to stick around for another segment? Oh, no, love to, Rick, love to. Oh, that's great. Thanks so much. We'll be right back then with more from Bill Houston of Our Daily Bread Ministries. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Let me talk to you about something important. Let's face it, sometimes life hurts, and it can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are dealing with painful struggles due to such things as divorce, depression, addictions, eating disorders, abuse, self-injury, and more. Hundreds of students from the ages of 12 to 22 have been given tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program, and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered on Sundays from 1.30 until 3 p.m. at the Auditorium Theater. And of course, it's absolutely free of charge. For more information, please visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church office at 585-723-4673. That's 585-723-4673 and ask for Jill. First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton presents a very special video event featuring pastor, international speaker, and author, Dr. Paul David Tripp. On October 7th and 8th, First Bible will stream Paul David Tripp's Parenting Conference. Based on his award-winning and best-selling parenting book, Dr. Tripp will be speaking to moms and dads around the world. Dr. Tripp presents a big-picture view of God's plans for us as parents. Saturday, October 7th, Sunday, October 8th, from 2 to 5, both days, at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York. There is no cost to attend the event, but registration is required. Please register by visiting www.fbbc.info. That's fbbc.info. 
www.ghanaimpact.info Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. Prior to the break, we had been talking with Bill Houston of Our Daily Bread Ministry, specifically the Power Up Sports Ministry Conferences, and Bill has been kind enough to wait through the break so that we can pick that conversation back up. Bill, you and I seem to have kindred spirits for sports ministry. You specifically, though, you seem to have a heart for team chaplains, and I know that you used to be involved in the past in in such leagues as the American Hockey League, the Arena Football League, and I'm wondering, are you still serving as a team chaplain? Yeah, I still have that that wonderful privilege, Rick. Uh, we have uh, an NBA Development League team, the NBA D League, as it used to be called. This year, it's called the NBA G League because Gatorade is bought oh, in. that's right. The, yeah, the, the sponsorship. Yeah, but it's still the D League in my heart. But we have a we have a franchise here in Grand Rapids. This will be year number four. And I've had the privilege of serving as their team chaplain all four years. And uh, they're associated with the Detroit Pistons and, of course, a lot of the NBA teams across the country. Many of them now have, uh, you know, this D-League or G-League franchise uh, to, uh, you know, to call players up from. But it's a wonderful opportunity to, well, to see some great basketball, again, for a guy who loves sports. These guys are so talented. But more importantly, and most importantly, to have the opportunity to do a Bible study with these guys during the week at one of the players' homes, uh, to, to do chapel with the players prior to game time, to pray with the team, and uh, for us just to unite together in the locker room and to pray together uh, as men, and, and to, to see the Lord work, Rick, to see doors of opportunity open. Uh, I remember hearing, and I cannot remember the gentleman's name now, but he he served as the chaplain at the University of Pittsburgh, and he was a guest of ours on Sports Spectrum Radio many, many years ago. But he said a phrase, and I know you've heard it, many have heard it who are listening to our, our conversation today, but he said being a team chaplain is a ministry of presence. And he's absolutely right. These players, these coaches, these the staff, they know that, you know what, Bill cares about us. He's here for practices. He's here on home games. He makes sure that we have chapel time when we go on the road. These chaplains, Rick, they care about these teams. They're not in this to receive any glory. They're not in this to receive merchandise or tickets. They are in this to minister in the name of Christ to men and women, uh, just like you and I, who need to hear about Christ. And it's it's a wonderful opportunity and a great privilege that we have. You're still involved uh, as a chaplain. I've had the privilege of knowing a number of chaplains for professional teams as well, a number who have even appeared on this program. What is the biggest obstacle, do you think, facing team chaplains and trying to impact the life of those players? Wow, great question. Uh, Again, I think it's building that relationship, that one-on-one opportunity. Uh, I mentioned that I'm in year number four with the Grand Rapids Drive. Rick, the first year, I had very little opportunity to speak one-on-one with a player. And that's because they didn't know me. They didn't try. Who is this guy? Who's this guy that comes to practice all the time? And he's, and he's talking about Jesus. And what's he want from us? You know, who's, what's he all about? 
Year number two, totally different. It was as if the doors opened wide. That was the year that I began praying with the team in the locker room. Year number one, I didn't do that. I would go to the home games, and I would go to the spot that was our chapel setting, and if I got one player, if one player showed up for chapel, I felt like, wow, this this has been a blessed opportunity today. Many times, no players showed up. So I would just pray for the guys. I would go down the roster, and I would pray for the guys. So again, I, I think it's building that relationship, being patient with what God is doing, not only in your heart, but in the heart of the players, but just being there, being uh, consistent. Just those players, again, they need to know that you care about them. And that comes with work. It comes with time. It comes with patience. And uh, Rick, if you knew me real well, you'd know that Bill is not a guy of patience. I, <laughs> I would go home many of those evenings and I'd say, Janine, not one player showed up. Not one player. And it was frustrating at times. I'm being totally transparent with you here. But I knew I had to stick it out. They have to know that every home game, Bill is standing right over there by those steps. Every game, he's here. And I'll tell you something, it made a difference. Year number two was totally different. So I think that's one of the biggest obstacles. For a chaplain just to stick it out, to have that ministry of presence, even when it seems like their ministry is going nowhere. Once again, we're talking with Bill Houston, director of Power Up Sports Ministry at B. Houston 1958. Being raised in Maryland, Bill, you mentioned your love of the O's. What are they going to do with that pitching staff? <laughs> That's a great question, too. I just don't know. It seems like they've had, again, so many ups and downs this year, and they kind of teased us there. I thought they were going to make a run at that second wild card spot. I think... They got within a game and a half, but again, it seems to have obviously, you know, at this point, it it looks like uh, we're looking ahead to 2018. But uh, some changes, it's it really seems like they have to make in the off season. Uh, what those will be, I don't know. But in Kevin Gonsman, they have a great starter. Dylan Bundy, another great starter. I think they have some pieces to build with, but uh, they have some work to do. You satisfied as a fan with the manager? I am. I love Buck Showalter. I think he gets the best uh, out of his players, and, and I think they play for him. Uh, he reminds me a lot, and I often compare him in my own heart to another guy who coached in Maryland, and that would be Gary Williams at the University of Maryland for many years. Uh, you know, working with a, a Terps basketball team that you know, they didn't have the most talent, but again, I think Gary got the best out of them. I think Buck Showalter does that to a great extent. So. Uh, I hope he sticks around a couple of more years, and uh, uh, let's see what can happen. Bill, would you mind sharing with our listeners your salvation testimony? No, not at all, Rick. I uh, uh, grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my mom and dad uh, loved the Lord dearly. Uh, this was in Indianapolis. I was actually born in Indy. We moved to Maryland as a result. This was around eighth grade for me. They moved to Maryland pretty much uh, because I was in so much trouble in school in Indianapolis. It was uh, during the time of uh, busing was a big deal at the time. Uh, I did not do well in school. Uh, they sent me to a Christian school in Indy. And again, I didn't do well. I, I flunked a year. I uh, was in trouble a lot, you know, just to shorten the story up. And uh, I was dismissed from that Christian school. And my mom and dad felt like, I think at that point, they were kind of out of options. 
Uh, my mom was from Maryland originally, and uh, we still had family back east. And uh, that family uh, pretty much convinced my folks, you know what, if you can move to Maryland, if you can give him a new start, give him another opportunity, let's see what can happen. And this is the story my mom and dad told me. And uh, they prayed uh, diligently about that. Uh, the Lord opened some doors. Uh, my mom was a, a registered nurse. She was our breadwinner. My dad was uh, very sick, uh, d- was not able to work. And uh, they started a private uh, nursing home business from our home. Uh, we actually had patients who lived with us. And uh, so we moved to Maryland. And I knew that this was my last opportunity, Rick, to really kind of get it together with my schoolwork. And, and I did. And uh, but I was two years behind at this point. So, uh, you know, we go through school. I get into high school sports, obviously a huge thing for me. Uh, I played varsity basketball as a freshman, uh, loved basketball. But by the time I was a senior, I was too old. I I could no longer uh, play sports. And um, fortunately, uh, I was able to get on a work study program, uh, continue to attend church sporadically. Uh, but my mom and dad obviously continuing to pray diligently for me, family members praying diligently for me. Uh, in high school, I, I met a, a young lady. Our relationship, Rick, went into areas that never should have gone. Uh, and when I was a senior, uh, at my graduation was my wife, my daughter, my folks, my mother-in-law. You know, it was totally different than the other senior members uh, of my class. Uh, again, fortunately, I was on a work-study program, so I would go to class a couple of hours in the morning, and I would work the rest of the day. Uh, that marriage failed. It did not last. Uh, I ended up moving home with my folks. My daughter moved home with me. Uh, and I was working at the time at a factory that made two-liter Coke bottles and uh, did not have a car. But a gentleman gave me a ride who who worked at that factory along with me, gave me a ride every day. Uh, His name was Don. Don loved the Lord so much, and he would witness to me. And I would tell Don, you know what, Don, I know what you're telling me is absolutely true. I've heard this uh, all of my life. I grew up in a Christian home. I know what you're telling me is true, but I've got all this stuff in my life. I've got to get all these other things straightened out. And, of course, he would tell me, Bill, no, no, it doesn't work that way. The way it works is you come to Jesus just as you are. Give him all that stuff and see what he can do with it. Well, he was right, of course. And I remember coming home from work one day. Don dropped me off at the door. And I won't go into all the details of what happened that day. It was a bad day. I can just tell you that. I went to our basement apartment where my daughter and I lived. And uh, I knelt down beside my bed, and I surrendered my heart to Christ. And I said, Lord, I, I, I know that everything Don has told me and everything my folks have told me, I, I know it's right. I know it's true. And I need to give you my life. And, and Rick, I did. At that very moment, I surrendered totally to Jesus Christ. I tried to reconcile my marriage. That did not happen. I was able to get custody of my daughter. And it wasn't long after that, that particular summer, the summer uh, of 82, uh, I met a young lady at our church uh, who was uh, attending there, had been attending there for a long time. I knew her from school, uh, didn't know her well, but I knew of her. 
uh, our church had uh, conducted a July 4th musical for the city. And I did the narration for that particular musical. And she came up afterwards and said she thought the, the choir did a great job. She had enjoyed the narration, so on and so forth. And uh, I ended up asking her if she would like to have dinner with me, and she did. And she uh, has now been my wife uh, for 34 years. Oh, and, praise uh, the Lord. Yeah, God is so God is so good. And uh, we had two daughters and um, three children all together, all girls. <laughs> And uh, the Lord has been, uh, he has been good to me, Rick, and uh, I, I owe him everything. And uh, wow, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about his goodness because, uh, you know, where would we be without that, huh? Mm, absolutely right. How can we pray yeah. for you specifically? What can we pray for you about? Well, Rick, of course, we have our uh, Power Up conferences coming uh, October 3rd in Grand Rapids, Michigan at our home office, the home office of Our Daily Bread, and we're really excited about that. And then our next conference will be November the 7th in Indianapolis, and uh, that's an annual event for us there. And uh, so if some of our listeners know some folks in the uh, in the metropolitan Indy area who may be involved or would like to learn more about sports ministry, uh, they could go to the website, ourdailybread.org slash power up, and they can learn all about the conference and the speakers and so forth. So um, that would be uh, that would be two things that are really on my mind a lot right now, and we're just trusting God to do great things and excited about uh, what He's called us to do. Sounds great, Bill. Thanks so much for coming on the program this morning, and mm-hmm. I'll see Thanks you in just a couple us. weeks in Michigan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Rick. Thanks for coming, and uh, God bless you, and thanks for all you're doing there. That was Bill Houston from Our Daily Bread Ministries here with us on the Beyond the Game program. He's currently serving as director of the Power Up Sports Ministry. Visit OurDailyBread.org forward slash Power Up for more information. We've got more to do. Please stick around. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. It's so important in the press of everyday life, in the busyness of everyday parenting, to keep the big picture in view. And here's the big picture. What in life could be more important than to be one of God's tools for the forming of a human soul? First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton presents a very special video event featuring pastor, international speaker, and author, Dr. Paul David Tripp. On October 7th and 8th, First Bible will stream Paul David Tripp's Parenting Conference. Based on his award-winning and best-selling parenting book, Dr. Tripp will be speaking to moms and dads around the world. This encouraging and refreshing event will offer much more than a to-do list. Instead, Dr. Tripp presents a big-picture view of God's plans for us as parents. God has placed you on site as a parent to form the most significant thoughts and desires and choices in the heart and life of a child, to help a child get to know God's world and what it's all about. Saturday, October 7th, Sunday, October 8th, from 2 to 5 both days at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York. There is no cost to attend the event, but registration is required. Please register by visiting www.fbbc.info. That's fbbc.info. 
Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta here on the Beyond the Game program. As we close out this week's broadcast, it's time for our You Like That segment. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Many people, many people battle the will of their flesh in any number of areas, whether it be a battle to resist pornography, drug or alcohol addiction, or in the case of Eddie Lacy of the Seattle Seahawks, a struggle with food and keeping his weight under control. The verse I just read suggests that we're to bring our bodies into subjection, ultimately that we may do those things or avoid doing those things so that we may bring honor and glory to God. But it's not easy. And what I liked this week was Lacey's honest discussion with ESPN the Magazine about his difficult struggle and the pain and humiliation that were a result of people's cruelty on social media. Now, there are wonderful things, many wonderful things about social media, but there are equally as many troubling things as well, such as how it has empowered the cowardly to say whatever goes through their tiny little minds in criticizing someone publicly who may be struggling more than they will ever know or care about. Before you get on social media, and before you talk about anyone, public figure or not, please make sure your words would not be something that would cause God to be displeased. We all have issues. We all have things which trip us up. It's okay to speak the truth. But do so with understanding and with as much grace as there is truth. Remember Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to all those who hear. Eddie Lacy's honesty, his transparency in the midst of a struggle, is what I like this week. What I like this week is the news that the Cincinnati Reds plan to install Additional protective netting that goes as far as the end of the dugouts on both sides of the field. We talked about it earlier in the show, but it's long overdue. There's no reason not to have netting there. It doesn't interfere with your view, and it keeps people safe. So good job by the Reds. Hopefully the rest of baseball will follow suit as well. You like that? You like that? This has been the Beyond the Game program. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. I want to thank Bill Houston for taking time to call into the show. Please stop by our website, btgprogram.com. That's btgprogram.com. Not only can you find more information about the program or listen to past broadcasts, but you can also find perhaps the most important thing that you'll ever know, what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ and knowing him as your Savior. You can also make a donation to our radio ministry. And by the way, we could use your support. It takes money to be able to put this program on the air so that we can present the gospel to listeners all around the world through Sports Talk Radio. And finally, if you want to comment or contact us for any reason at all, please feel free to send an email to hosts at BTG Program and follow us on Twitter or even Facebook or any of your social media choices at BTG Program. For Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 